0: it's time drew doherty and john harris have their white coats and their goggles on and they're ready to talk
1: texans
0: in a different sort of way Uh,
1: let's go in the lab friends oh so good to hear from you actually we're not hearing from you you're hearing from us but either way, it's good to be with you. I'm Drew Doherty, and across from me taking a swig of water is John Harris, it's Smart Water that he's drinking. Doesn't make Cuz he's a smarter. smart
0: guy. Doesn't make me any smarter, Drew. Oh, but you are. Come on. Doesn't make me any smarter. You got Smart Water too. Of course. That's Doesn't make you any smarter. Nope. It, Lots of ions and stuff. Yeah. It, I mean, you are What are the ingredients?
1: Enough about this unpaid advertisement for them. Let's let's get into what we're talking about. We're not going to redraft any any former Texans draft like we've done in in weeks past. We're not going to add Oilers from the run and shoot era, three of them that we'd like to put on this current Texans team. That's something we've also done in the past. Today we're talking about a few and this is... Here, let me set the parameters. It's going to be our remembrance, our personal experience of a few Texans Top 100 moments. Mm -hmm. What? What's a Texans Top 100 moment? Oh, well, friends. Glad you asked. Here pretty soon in the next week or so, we'll be 100 days away from the season opener. Right. Monday Night Football against the Saints Saints in New Orleans. So to celebrate that in union with the 100th anniversary of the league, NFL, we're going to have – a countdown of sorts, you know, 100 moments in mm-hmm. in Texans history. Now, it's kind of a nebulous thing. It's just top moments. You know, yeah. we're not saying it's a definitive ranking. Not best greatest, just You're right. It's not really a rank. It's just these were moments that
0: happened that we think were worthy of celebration. And since it's the 100th year anniversary of the NFL, come up with 100. Look, we've been a we've been an organization since 2 well, even before that. Because I would imagine one of the moments, if not very, very high on the list. October happened, 99. Yeah, happened before any of the football was played, before the Texans' name was uh, came into existence. Uh, there were moments before that. So it covers everything. You might see on this list, you might see um, the celebration of community events. The yeah. celebration of Salute to Service Day, which right. was one of the, uh, We I think, I think, uh, Bob McNair was the first owner who would come up with that, and it was taken over by the NFL right. uh, to salute our servicemen. It's so, kind of all-encompassing. Right, so it degree. covers it's, everything. It's
1: mainly football. I mean, we're not going to go overboard. Well, yeah, have, it's all connected. You yeah. know, four, 45 of those. You know, It's going to be mainly right. football things. We'll, we'll sprinkle in a few stuff like you're talking about. But what I want to start with, and I'm not going to reveal where on the list it is, but I'm going to go with the Hopkins— Touchdown catch at Cincinnati mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football in 2015. Texans went into that game. They were underwater, man. They were struggling. Two and five, I believe it was? So they were three and five. because they, they were five? two and five
0: going into the Tennessee game right before the break. Okay. And what I remember about that Tennessee game was Whitney going off. Mm-hmm. Whitney had like three and a half sacks that day. And... Just sack Zach Meckenberger all over. I mean, it was. Well, let's
1: ugly. not get it. Let's but that get got us the, to 3 yeah, and 5. That got us to 3 and 5. So the Texans are still. They're, they're still under 500 by quite a bit. Bengals are undefeated. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about midseason. And we weren't. The Texans were not supposed to win this game. Not at all. But then what happens, John? Tell me about what you saw. Well, I was.
0: I just remember. <laughs> there's so many different things about that game. But I remember. I remember Brian Hoyer sliding. We we were down we were uh we were down six to nothing. And Brian Hoyer on a third quarter drive was a good drive and Hoyer got a drive going, but on, on a scramble, he slid, and when he slid he got hit. And he popped right back up and went back to the huddle and finished the drive. We kicked the field goal, made it six to three. And next thing I know, Hoyer's going into the locker room. And I'm thinking, oh my god. The next guy on the list is TJ Yates. Uh-huh. And TJ had been in the had been back in the building for what? Th- 3 weeks maybe at that point. Yep. He had the bye week. I remember that. I remember he had the bye week. So he'd maybe been there 3 weeks.
1: Because mallet had been discarded.
0: Yeah, mallet had been discarded and TJ had come along. So yeah, you're right. So mallet was gone. That was after the Miami game. That's when we went to 2 and 5. So he had been back for like 3 weeks. Now, he had had some experience with it before. Because he had been in training camp with with the Texans while Bill LeBron was here, I'll never forget his first throw. They ran a little mini boot, and he rolls to the right. And I swear to you, he threw the ball. It was about a ten yard throw, and he threw the ball five yards into the dirt. <laughs> and I just remember, I remember, you know, I'm always in queue with Mark, and so I can. That's become one of my favorite things to do is I try and make them crack up if I can while they're talking. And I did that last year at a Dallas game. We'll get to that in a second. But I just was like, oh, God. And that's all I said. I was like, oh, God. And it was like, this is going to be a disaster. Well, then on the third down, he hit a big throw to Ryan Griffin for a first down and moved him down. And then uh, I don't think they scored in that drive, but they moved it well enough that they got the ball back in the fourth quarter. And so they were in man coverage, single safety high, and Hop is right next to me. And he's got Pacman Jones one on one, and this was before teams were really putting and devoting two guys to Hopkins. Yeah, they should have done it before. But Hop runs, he runs Hopkins by his breakout year. By the way, he runs by me, and I could just tell by the coverage, I knew where TJ was going. So when TJ backed up, he's holding the safety with his eyes, and as Hop runs by me, I was like, "Go get it, Hop!" Because I knew it was coming to him. And then Yates just lofts it, and I just see this ball going over, and you see there's a picture of me, and I'm just like <gasps> looking at the ball. And Hop makes this catch. And what was fascinating was my angle, I remember they reviewed it because they wanted to see whether he got both feet down. What was fascinating about that catch was when he makes the catch, he kind of cradles against his body. When he was getting his feet down in bounds, his right foot was behind his left, so he got his left in bounds. But when he went to go put his right down, he clicked it on his, on his left heel. And it was like, oh, no, he's not going to get it down. And then he was able – that slowed his foot down, and so he was able to then just pop it back down and get the right toe inbounds and make the catch. And I happened to see that. He's a wizard with like, that stuff. I, I saw that perfectly from like me to you. I was not far away. I was maybe five, seven yards away. And I saw that. So Mark throws it down at me. Like, I was in the mosh pit with the players. So what happens on Monday Night Football is they've got two rolling cameras on Monday Night Football. When you're on the road – and there's not a Monday night game. Like, I have all kinds of room on the sidelines. Like, you you know what it's like. And yeah. there's, there's all kinds of room. Monday night football, they've got these little, little rolling cameras on both sides. So, there was a rolling camera, like, down on the goal line. So, when Hot makes the catch, I go nuts. And so, I start kind of going down. Like, I'm celebrating. So, I'm looking back at, like, at the sidelines. And then I look back and that rolling thing is like, I'm like right up against it. Like I can't, I can't really move. And all the players are coming like into me. So there's like this big mosh pit (laughs) and I'm literally like right in the middle of it. And I'm just going nuts. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I'm freaking out and Mark throws it down to me. And I'm like, oh my God, i have just like, I've lost my voice. I don't know what to say, and then I remembered. Oh my God, I saw him get his feet in bounds, and so I was able to like transition into that and say he definitely got his feet in bounds. This is what I was. I was five yards away. I tell the story about how I saw him click his feet in bounds. Got a the locker room after the game, and it was it was such a loud. It was such a joyous locker room. Well, it was that's, really what cool. wanna, that's what I want.
1: That's what I want to talk it about. It
0: was really cool, and I was. I was kind of going up and shaking hands with everybody before the media got in there, and I got to Dwayne Brown. I'll never forget, and Dwayne smiled and he looked at me. and goes, "I saw you, bro," and I was like, "What?" He goes, "I saw you celebrating with us." I was like, "Oh man, I'm so sorry." He goes, "No, no, dude, that was really cool." And I was like, "Dude, I got trapped in there, and like all you guys like ended up like kind of pinning me up against the camera, basically." And he goes, "No, dude, I thought it was really cool that you were in there." So, uh, I think. It was interesting because I me mean, Dwayne and I had a really good relationship. Years after I had my little freak out about him being drafted, but I think that moment was kind of like this dude really wants us to win. Like he wants us to win. He's all for us, and so I think that probably resonated with him. But that was the one that I I remember that distinctly because I was able to see that so clearly. Well, it, was, it, was it was so incredible. much
1: fun because you mentioned how there there were a few games under five hundred, but two of those losses had coming the month before in a 2-3 week span. A brutal. At Miami, at Atlanta where they just got carpet bombed. I it mean, they brutal. lost something like 80 something to 20. It was like 41 to nothing. Horrible. Atlanta. Wow, and it was so I was uh you talk about being in the locker room, I was it, it felt a lot like and the situation was totally different, but it felt and there were so many similarities to the playoff win, or excuse me, the uh the wind to, to get into the playoffs. Yeah that had happened four years prior in 2011. Yeah, yeah. And the same sort of reactions as these guys were coming off the field and running into the locker room, I was in the same spot both times. And it was was just kind of an incredulity, uh, a a wonder. And it was really fun to see that because they were so similar. And both times, T.J. Yates was the guy (laughs) under center, and they were both. And neither one of them made sense that he was under center prior to one. Neither time made sense. You're right. And it was – it was just such a fun, fun night, and it's it's funny how they've had that situation with Cincinnati throughout the years, because then you do the thing with, with Deshaun Watson Yeah, yeah. That Thursday in tonight. 2017. I mean, Texans were down, man. They had gotten killed the week before, four days before, by Jacksonville, and now you're starting Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any tight ends. Yep. I mean, you're having a play guy, like offensive lineman at tight end, and he had that. Run and ever since I've never doubted him. I mean, he came into that game in 2017. He was he gets on the bus. He's wearing sunglasses, a tuxedo. It's his it birthday. He's and and sitting up front. He just is kind of you see his head every now and again,
0: kind of bop to music. And I, I was like, either didn't we're he didn't either doubt. we're about to get just run out of the gym, or we've got something with this guy. Like we, I wasn't I wasn't completely sure. Like I I was leaning one direction, but I was like, either we've got something great. Or this guy's a fraud, and I, I didn't think he was, but man, he was really good. He, you want you want an additional story? This is kind of sure. So at halftime of that Monday Night game against Cincinnati, these kind of all, these games kind of all tie together. So at that at halftime, I'm I'm coming back and I I put my headphones on. So I'm coming down the tunnel, and so our tunnel, you gotta go across across the field to get to our sideline. So. I got my headphones on or I'm getting them on as I'm coming out of the tunnel and there is this guy this fan and he's yelling at me like I, at first I didn't kind of catch it I'm like he's yelling at you know he's yelling at me and so I like he's just like he's red faced and I'm like I don't even know this guy I, like I don't know what what the deal is I look up there and he's just pointing at me and he's yelling at me and I'm like I put my headphones on. I just kind of smile at him, and I could tell he's, you know, three sheets to the wind. But like he's just going nuts, and I don't know if he was just on all of us or just it just happened to be me coming out. But he is just screaming like he. <laughs> I, I'm like, what is going on? So we win the game, and after the game is over, I did post game. Now you and I used to do like a little post game down on yeah. the field, and before you came down to do it, Patty Smith and I would do it, and we do it right. In that corner where that guy is. yeah, And he at this point is even more hammered than he was before. Like he can't even, you know, hardly like stand up. And he can't do, he can't like taunt or do anything. And he just sees me come over and he's starting to like say something. I could see he's starting to say something and he just like sits down. Like can't say anything. Two years later, we go there for that Thursday night game. Same guys there? Same guys there.
1: Yep, so he's a season ticket holder.
0: Same situation, hammered, just yelling. And this time I I didn't say much. He's just yelling, and I was like, same thing two years ago, huh? And at that point, he just doesn't say anything. He's like, done. So we're coming off the field. We're coming off the field after the win again. And as we're all going off the field, everybody's excited. Now, we're not doing that interview. We're going off the field, and I see him, and I catch eyes, and I just look at him and smile, and he's just furious. <laughs> like, he's furious. I can just hear him, you know, dog cussing, saying things, and I just go into the tunnel. I'm like, I kind of like coming to Cincinnati. <laughs> I kind of like this. But that same guy is just
1: awesome That's a good one. I, I like uh, one time – I don't know if you even know this, but one time you are wearing your headphones – I think we were in Jacksonville, and some guy yelled at you. What are you listening to? Serious radio? <laughs> that happens. I, I hear that. I hear that stuff a, a
0: lot. Like, what do you got in there? Whitney Houston? And then they'll start. I mean, th- yeah. There's been there's been all kinds of stuff that, that makes me giggle that, that people have said. But but Cincinnati trips have been have been pretty pretty memorable.
1: They've always been fun. Okay, Texans won there in '09. Mm-hmm. This is my experiences. Yep, they won there in 09. They won there in eleven. Such a big they game. They won there in fifteen. They won there in seventeen. They've all it, they've all been fun trips. Yeah, they've all been
0: yeah really good trips. I I regret that I didn't make that that twenty. I wish I would have been on the sidelines for that because I can awesome. just imagine well, what that was that well, was about to get to the playoffs for
1: the first time. Let me tell you about that one. they they led that game for two seconds. It was the, the final two seconds. It was the only time <laughs> they led in that entire game. They were down in it. They're kind of it was a comfortable lead for. For Cincinnati, and it was late in the season. And for some reason, Cincinnati did not sell that game out. There were a lot of empty seats. It was a gorgeous, chilly day. Mm -hmm. It was was cold, but it wasn't awful. But it was sunny. And I remember I went. I always leave with about six, seven minutes to go in the game from the press box, come down to the field. And you know me, I'm semi-superstitious, even though it doesn't matter, uh, on the outcome. So I... I come down to the field and that that final drive starts and I'm about at the 20 and they get the ball they start marching down the field and I just stay in the same spot so I kind of have this odd perspective. Yeah. The the throw that TJ made to Owen Daniels and the catch Owen Daniels made it's a one-handed grab. My vantage point of it it was it was a, an amazing catch by OD cuz it was a one-handed grab. Yeah. He's in traffic, he's got a guy draped all over him. I mean, he hauls it in and it it was so bang bang because it was a two minute drive that there wasn't a lot of replays on it. But the the image I I was looking right up the field at it. And it was such a great catch. Yeah. And then T J. Has the run where he kind of <laughs> he looks like a drunk guy. I know. You know at, at times in that run, and he it scrambles, does. gets the first down. And the whole time, this the crowd keeps getting loud, and then he keeps silencing them because like he keeps right. they keep making plays. Right. Right. They get a, a pi. Jacoby Jones draws a pi that gets him in position, and then it's funny. I've got the picture of of the touchdown up on my office wall in a couple different versions of it. TJ came into my office about a month or two ago. He was he saw that and he's like, you know, on the throw before that should have been a pick six the other way, and it should have killed us. He he was throwing to the right side, and he said, right as he was unleashing, he slipped. And the ball did what you talked about and did the you groaned into the in Q. Yeah. It it skipped away and it hit the dirt before. But he said had he had he thrown it thrown it the way it should have been thrown, Pac Man Jones would have taken it six the other way. So that happens and then he hits Walter for the touchdown and it was just it was so weird how it it would roar and get quiet. Roar and get quiet. It was it ebbed and flowed and they didn't even have a, a full crowd there. And then the Texans go in, they watch Drew Brees and the Saints take care of the Titans to fully clinch it. Yeah. It was a fun day. It was a fun time. That must have been pretty cool being out, being in that
0: locker it room. It really was. Yeah. There there have been Yeah, that's the one part I don't know that'll end up on this on this list is the number of times going into the locker room when it's been it's been like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just been you know, the one that the one that will stick with me for, for a long time from that perspective, it was last year's indie game. Well, we went up there 0 3, and I remember the, the locker room in indie is kind of weird. It's you come off the field and you turn and you go through a door, and it's this long corridor. It's this long, long corridor. Yep. And then there are another couple of doors, and then that's where the actual locker room is. So you got to walk all the way down this corridor to get in, and so usually when we go in. For these games, I kind of stand, as kind of in the back corner, so I can hear everything. Kind of when it's breaking up, and when to expect somebody to come over. So I'm standing literally at the end of this this long corridor, and I can just hear every guy coming in. Like you know, I'm you know shaking hands, slapping five as they're all coming in, and I could just hear on the other side. I could hear all we needed was just one. All we needed was just one. All we needed was just one. Every guy was coming in and they were all saying the same thing. Like, mm. all we needed was just one. We just needed that to get started. We just right. needed that to get started. Um, and Indy is also the scene of one, I think, in 2015. Because it's amazing, as, as we were talking about Cincinnati, it's amazing how many of these moments TJ Yates is involved in. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And TJ was involved in the 2015 one up in Indianapolis, too, unfortunately. He ends up getting hurt, and is my math correct that that was – no, it wasn't. Um, He gets hurt, and so he goes out of the game, and Brandon Whedon's got to come in the game. And, you know, this is Indy. We've never beaten Indy up in Indy. Now Brandon Whedon's got to come in the game, and I remember one of the first throws – one of the first throws, and I can't remember if it was the first throw he made or it was one of the first throws he made. He throws a back shoulder dime on the sidelines to Jalen Strong. And they initially ruled him out of bounds. But Jalen had somehow got, he, he made the catch, but they somehow ruled him out of bounds. I mean, it's a dime. And they ended up kicking a field goal right before the half. And I feel like, okay, you know, that, that kind of got, got the momentum going yeah. a little bit. And Hasselbeck was playing that day. And I just remember in the second half, the defense unleashed on him like I've never seen. <laughs> it, was, um, it was unbelievable. It was like, could the offense get enough going now, right. that, now that Brandon's, you know, playing quarterback and they get a 90 yard drive? And one of, I remember one of the uh, – they get a first down because the Colts had 12 men on the field at one point. And I just remember seeing it. They threw a flag, and, and Mark and Andre are trying to figure it out. I'm like, they had 12 men on the field. I'm, like, counting real fast. I was like, yeah, they had 12 men. That guy going off should have been the 12th guy. And so we get a first down. And then, and then of course, the touchdown from Brandon Whedon to Jalen Strong. So I'm right there at the goal line. I'm right at the goal line, and they run a play where Jalen starts one way, he goes in motion one way, and then when the play starts, he goes back mm-hmm. the same exact way, and he goes out to the flat, and they and the Colts lost him. Whedon hits him, and so Jalen's just heading for the end zone, and I'm standing right at the goal line, and so the side judge, the side judge, he doesn't back straight up, because I'm like I'm yards away from him. He backs up at an angle. So he starts backing up off the field, like right into me because the play's coming right at us. Mm -hmm. And so he's coming right. Jalen's looks like Jalen's almost coming right at me, but you can tell he's going to turn and try and dive for the end zone. So that ref doesn't back straight up. He backs at an angle towards me. So as Jalen goes in, I jump up to celebrate now (laughs) on the sideline. You've got this dotted yellow line and I'm, I'm, I'm right at the yellow line, but I'm, I'm behind it. So I'm, you know but still you never know so that ref literally ba- I jump up in the air and the ref is backing up literally right into me and I swear to you I come down um, you know like you're going to hug somebody yep but I come down like that and I never touch him I come down you got just You clo- you basically got, got as close, close to close the as guy, as, I guy could as you
1: could without touching him without touching
0: him yeah and
1: I, a great, there's a great picture of it
0: yeah and I'm cl- like I'm clearly behind the yellow line but I'm literally it looks like I'm I'm sorta of hugging him. And so they scored a touchdown and during the break, we kinda he kinda walks over to me and we talk a little bit and I was like I was like uh I know I, I know I didn't hit you and he goes He goes, yeah, but I he goes like I feel you were close and I was like I was like yeah I was all the way behind the yellow line he goes, Oh yeah, I know, I know, you were fine. He goes, I just you know, as the play was coming, we were just all kind of backing in, you know, yeah. in that direction. But I just remember that coming down going.
1: <laughs> what are you
0: doing? And he's, like, right in my lap. And literally, I was able to come down and avoid it and then and then get around him. It's a good time. And, and then we ended up winning that game. It was the first time. And I remember when Boye makes the interception to seal it. I just remember Mark. I remember Mark losing his mind. Because, look, there are very few people that have been in Indy for every single one of them. And he was, Mark, and he was in some RCA dome. Yes. And Mark and Andre have been there for every single one. Yeah. And you could hear Andre in the background <laughs> clapping. Yeah. And you could hear Mark saying, they're going to do it. They're going to beat Indy and in Indy. And it was like, whoa. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> it was a good
1: time. All right. Well, that's enough story time for today. That's good story time. It was a good story time. It was fun. Uh, hey, one little final story. I was at HEB last night. Um, had a nice steak. And you know who was there? Who? Larry Durker. Nice. Yeah. I've met Larry before. I And, you know, I was just, it was in the deli section. I looked over. I was like, that's Larry Durker. And I went over and I just said, hey, Larry. My name's Drew Doherty. I work for the yeah. Texans. Just want to say I'm a huge fan. He's like, yeah. oh, thanks.
0: So it's cool. That's very cool. Who along those lines? And I thought about this when we were talking about this earlier. If we were to do, or we'd have to put a time frame on it. But what if we did at some point the 100 greatest moments in Houston sports history? That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. That'd be really fun. Now that you think about it, it'd be really fun. I like it what would what would be the number one moment would it be uh, game seven it. final out the world
1: series well it's going to be between that and the rockets I mean, Mario Ellie uh, I mean I would the Ellie is great, but it, i'd have to put the title when the it. title wins you know? but they swept the magic though uh, yeah, probably the game 7. it'd have to be the game seven rockets Knicks. and Knicks versus the game seven Astros
0: I just think that Mario Ellie that moment is just so. Like they're not going to do it again. They're the sixth seed, and
1: he drains that that's shot, cool. and
0: then the kiss. And I mean, it's just that's so cool, fantastic. But would you rather have
1: that or the actual title that you had the year before? I mean, oh man,
0: that was pretty awesome. I don't know that led that led to another title. Vernon Maxwell going for thirty-one up against Utah in Game Three after Choke City. Mm-hmm. There would be some that that would be fun. That that would be a fun one to do. Got me thinking about Larry Durker. Yeah. Because Larry was part of, I'm sure, a few of them when he was with the Astros. But speaking of that, what did you think? I know we're all over the place, but that's fine. It's a podcast. Yeah. Kevin Biggio going yard. That was awesome. Pops in the stands. That no, was pretty that was cool. awesome.
1: Yeah, just so cool. Wow. He's got a sweet swing, too, man. Lefty. My goodness. Much sweeter than his dad's. I, very much so. His dad kind of had a grinder swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, kind of a battler swing. Gorgeous swing, but man. <laughs> it was funny because I, I thought about it. I'm, I, met, uh, I met Craig a few years ago, just kind of happenstance. and talked for about good eight, ten minutes. And he just – you could see why, you know, Kevin has done – Sure. And gotten to this point. But I just when you see Craig in his stands, you see how happy he is. I was like, that's got to be such a cool moment. See totally. So your kids have a moment like that. And just how about incredible. that? Okay,
1: so Bagwell, Biggio, two greatest Astros. And if the current crop keeps doing what they're doing, mm. like those two might get pushed down the list. I know. Ultimately. Like by – Quite a bit, I know. I mean, two Hall of Famers. Yeah, but you got potentially Hall of Famers in Altuve, Correa, and they still got to put it together. Right for now, Altuve is closer
0: now, obviously because he's yeah. further along his career. But, but
1: Altuve, Correa, Bregman, Verlander,
0: Sprander, Verlander. Yeah, I know Verlander's The the crux of his career wasn't here, but still, mm-hmm. some of the most important games he's ever pitched yeah. have been here.
1: But those four position players, right there. Yeah, I mean that's
0: Bregman's the one. Boy. <sighs> You yeah, think about how he, you think about how he got to Houston. It's so funny because of the we draft talk about this. Pick that yeah, didn't the draft pan pick that out. didn't yeah. work? Because of that, they're able to double up and draft Bregman the next year.
1: It, it's like your favorite Rascal Flatts song, because uh, you're aren't you parliamentarian of the Rascal Flatts fan club? Well, the, I was. God bless the broken load. Yeah, lead me straight to you. I was from from 2016 to 2018. I had to give up my. I had to give up my reign. All right. Well, now we've really got to end this podcast. There you go. Uh, John, great job as always. You got to do. And, gentle listener, thank you for partaking in all this. This has been 27 Good Minutes of In the Lab. Later on. <laughs>